The opinions and suggestions expressed on the following program are solely those of the participants and not necessarily endorsed by program sponsors or any radio station, media company, or platform broadcasting this program. The following program is a product of Causeway LLC. The information in this broadcast is not intended as investment, tax, or financial advice. Matthew Moore is not a licensed investment advisor and speaks solely from his experience and opinions. All information in this broadcast is for entertainment or educational purposes only. Matthew Moore, Causeway LLC, and the company or platform broadcasting this program is not responsible for the success or failure of any person's investment decisions or purchases. Matthew Moore, Causeway LLC, and the company or platform broadcasting this program makes no and expressly disclaims all representations, warranties, and guarantees with respect to this broadcast and its sponsors. Investing in any market is inherently risky and can be financially dangerous. Invest at your own risk. Government officials Welcome to Cryptocurrency with Matthew J. Moore, the Bitcoin-focused radio show that's waking the masses to the fiat money Ponzi scheme. Money is changing and your freedom is at stake. So stick around and learn how to empower yourself for this new digital age. Now, here's your host, Matthew J. Moore. Welcome, America, and welcome, world. No matter where you are, who you are, or what you're doing, I want to welcome you to, uh, honestly, one of the only radio shows dedicated to that subject known as Bitcoin, blockchain technology, cryptocurrency, the whole shebang. In fact... You're going you're gonna to learn quite a bit on this show. If you're new to this space, if you're new to some of these ideas, we cover things like technology, uh, the education on how it works and what are the implications. We're going to talk about what it means for your freedom. We're going to talk about energy. There, there, listen, there's just so many elements to it that I want you to keep tuning in. Keep checking out our episodes because I promise you, if this is just a, a little or a lot of interest... We got something for everybody. So I want to welcome all you Bitcoin newbies, lovers, and experts, because today is no different. Today, we have a phenomenal conversation and a phenomenal guest. And today's topic is going to be centered around, I don't know, this idea that there is a new chapter among us. And when I say among us, I'm talking specifically about this uh, radio show, which I'm excited to break the news here in a little bit as we progress through the show, but also... Here's a question that we're going to be addressing and we're going to be talking about in this concept of what does the future look like for Bitcoin when we talk about government and we talk about uh, institutions and just overall perception because a lot of people are skeptical about what the future is for this technology when it comes to federal regulations and laws. and But yet at the same time, there are states like Texas and Wyoming and Arkansas and Montana that are moving forward in a very productive way that is beneficial to this industry known as cryptocurrency and blockchain technology, uh, but also really great for the citizens of those states. So it, is it going to lay within the hands of the state governments to really move the ball forward? And uh, we're going to talk also a little bit about what is happening in my beautiful state, state of Oklahoma. I am biased, but a lot of great things are happening. And to cover all of these topics and to talk about the new things that are brewing, we're bringing on Oklahoma Deputy Attorney General Rick Jackson. I promise you, you won't be disappointed. But before we dive into the topic and discussion today, I do need to give a quick shout out to my producer, Brian LaRue. He was the one that actually developed these great intros and outros, our, our awesome sound. So if you are a musician, maybe you're a podcast producer, maybe you uh, want to be on the radio, uh, go check him out at beyondyouproductions.com. He does everything from A to Z. He does wonderful work. So I highly 
highly, highly recommend it. But we're going to go ahead and dive into it. And uh, it's actually a real privilege because today in studio, we have Oklahoma Deputy Attorney General Rick Jackson. Uh, sometimes we have people remotely, but uh, it's always a, a special thing for me when you guys are sitting directly across the table. So, Rick, I, I want you to, to kind of introduce yourself in your own words. I mean, obviously people know who you are and what you do, but describe it in your own words there. Yeah, sure. So first, obviously, thank you for having me. Uh, glad to be here in the studio with you. I, I feel like uh, I probably should have had a double shot of espresso before I got here with that <laughs> intro, but uh, I'll, I'll try to match the energy levels. Um, so yeah, as, as far as an introduction, uh, yep, I'm the Deputy Attorney General for Cybersecurity Technology and Digital Assets. And what that basically means is I work as a subject matter advisor to the Attorney General for the state of Oklahoma for all the things that relate to my division. So cybersecurity is pretty straightforward. How do we talk about or how do we address questions around information security, data privacy, data security, and all the things that may relate to that, whether it's consumer protection or public safety, things in technology, that's where we get into some of the bleeding edge of law and regulation. So what, what do we do as we are confronted with the developments in artificial intelligence about novel technologies like cryptocurrencies? What do we as lawmakers as the attorney general's office, how do we address those questions? How do we look into uh, what what the regulations say today? What they're missing? What they need to say? How do we how do we take what is something that is novel and emerging and try to fit it into either existing frameworks or how do we change the frameworks that we have yeah. to address something that's new? Um, and then finally, and, and obviously in digital assets, and, and we'll dive into that more. But really, it's a a first signal, a first step for Oklahoma demonstrating not just to its citizens, but to other states and to the federal government that we, the state of Oklahoma, are interested in uh, engaging in the conversation and the dialogue around digital assets because there is so much There is so much we can discuss. There is so much to get into, and it is such a transformational technology, Bitcoin and, and more broadly, digital assets. Yeah. But uh, we have we have a lot of questions. We have a lot of a <laughs> lot of ground to cover, a lot of road to go down. And it's 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 uh it's I'm 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 very thankful that our attorney general getting her drummer and has been willing to uh to to kind of wade out into the uncertainty of some of yeah. these questions and say, you know what, we we want to lead from the front on this. We're gonna be proactive, not reactive. And I think that's that's uh, in coming from I've worked in government before, I think that's a, a very lacking characteristic sometimes when it's okay to do nothing. Right. Um, and so we're, we're, I think it's, I think it's a good precedent to set that. No, we, we are going to be out front. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to engage in the dialogues and we're, and we're going to make meaningful progress in this, in the space. Well, well, kudos to you. I mean, because like, and especially your team and, and the, the people over there at the attorney general's office, uh, I had the privilege of meeting you probably six months ago. And, uh, and it's really encouraging because, you know, I, I kind of started going down this road as far as with the state government in, in 2019 and to see all of this stuff popping up and, and people within the AG's office and then the legislature, uh, and, and, you know, there are some people in the executive branch, but you know, they're not quite as strongly convicted, I think, as, uh, as some of us are, are, are out here, but, uh, it, it's cool because, you know, to get the ball moving forward, you, you definitely need passionate people. You need those key players within all of these different offices. And so I just want to take my hat off to you and say, thank you for doing what you're doing. Well, so. and I appreciate that. And, and to your point, it is, there's certainly an element of overcoming institutional inertia. It's very easy to maintain a path that you're, you're, you're going down and, and digital assets or cybersecurity is not the only priority for a government official or a legislature or the executives, right? They have many, many priorities that they're balancing. 
and uh, and it's and I think it does though speak to a willingness to to recognize that there is both an opportunity set and and if you don't address it, a, a risk in not addressing it. And so I'm I'm thankful to those who have supported me along the way, and, and it's it's been pretty impressive. And we'll get into it more yeah. about how different because I, I learned about crypto in 2016, how different the narrative has been right. and, and what the atmosphere has been like and kind of just the, the ecosystem as it relates to what all will affectionately call the mainstream uh, uh, who, who are engaging this from, from the outside in perspective. Well, and, and, and I think uh, most of our listeners will probably be fascinated with your origin story. I mean, how did you go from somebody who discovered Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, blockchain technology, and then obviously that passion probably built throughout the years. And then all of a sudden you're intersecting with government. I mean, can you kind of give us a little bit of the origin story? Sure. So it's, it's, it's one of those kind of perfect storms of a long and winding road kind of thing. And it's, it really starts back in high school. I was very interested, had a, a very um, encouraging teacher in high school who taught economics. I took economics. I fell in love with the subject, and that's where I really wanted to go. So I was learning about economic theory and, and markets and, and capitalism from, from an academic perspective, and that's really what I wanted to pursue. So that's kind of one line of, of thinking that, that uh, a common thread. I got into college. I parlayed economics into oil and gas. Was, uh, we're in Oklahoma. It's yeah. a very, very viable in industry. And, yep. and it's, uh, they, they like to say, once you get it in your blood, you can't get away <laughs> from it. I love the industry. I love the people. So I, I actually picked up uh, an additional focus in school around kind of the business side of oil and gas. Was very interested in pursuing that. So energy markets, the kind of true physics and molecules of the ener energy industry, but from a business perspective. So that's, that's another thread. 2009, 2010, while I was in college, it was like, well, I need, I need to find something to do right. because, uh, you know, not a lot of people are hiring. So I actually uh, went to law school with the intent of being a natural resource lawyer, uh, went down to Alabama for that, came out of school, fully intending to uh, practice law or, or be involved in the oil and gas company from a, a legal perspective around the industry, uh, joined the military after that. Came back, it was 2015 with, so for people who are not as familiar with oil and gas, 2015 was kind of the, the back end of the uh, directional uh, fracking yeah, I remember boom, that. the revolution. So we went from, you know, I, I left for uh, basic training. Oil and gas was 135-ish dollars a barrel. My boss said, yeah, we, you know, we love America. Go, go do your thing, great things. When you come back. Drill, we'll, baby, drill. Yeah, we'll be, we'll be happy when you get back. You, you've got a desk. When, and, and, in, uh, and 14 months later, I came back. Oil was $40 a barrel. And they said, unless you know bankruptcy law, there's wow. really nothing that we know. You know, there's nothing that we can do because uh, we're, we're back in another bust. So I, I took that as, as a sign that while I love the industry and I love the people, let, let's try something that's a little bit more stable. And I, I, was, I was sitting at a desk. I was, you know, filling out applications. And I realized, you know, I'm typing on a computer. My, my phone is a computer. The TV is right. a computer. My refrigerator is a computer. There's more computers in my car than there are in my house. Maybe I should do something in information technology or cybersecurity. I went back to school to do that. And all of that kind of, all of those different threads tied together into a rope that that in 2016, when I read the, the white paper, when I heard a lecture by Andreas Antonopoulos, that was, that rope became a lifeline. And you yeah. say, ah, it makes sense. And it all clicked. And, and I, and I say that you know, affectionately that it took me, it, it took me uh, probably 14 years to be in a place where I could understand it from a lowercase p philosophical perspective right. from an economics perspective from a legal perspective from an energy perspective and and that's i think what is so amazing about bitcoin and all other cryptocurrencies is that it is so foundationally 
transformative right. is that it, it hits down all the way down to first principles in a lot of areas. Yeah, I agree. That's what made me fall in love with it because first, you know, I'm often one of those guys that's digging to find those first principles because right. I want things to make sense and I want it to, you know, be rooted in a strong foundation. So I, I agree. I, I feel the same way. But what is, what's been your your general experience, you know, as far as working within government and in this field of technology? It, are you running into a situation where it's like talking to a brick wall or people starting to open up? Like, how has that evolved? Yeah, I, so I, the best way I can describe it is kind of a tagline that I use is we've gone from criminals to questions. What do I mean by that? So in 2016 to early 2017, when I would talk about cryptocurrency or Bitcoin with somebody else, yeah. the answer was it's for criminals. It's right. a way of doing money laundering. It is drugs and illicit activity. Like We had a lot of preconceptions that respectfully to the industry. They were sometimes helping to facilitate. Now, 2023, 2024, and into the future, that dialogue has changed. And now it's about questions as well. Right. Okay, I, I'm seeing I'm seeing an industry that is matured, that is becoming more legitimate. Can you tell me more about blank? And so whether it's, I, I want to know how this technology functions. I want to know how this impacts banking and financial services. Yeah. I want to know how this impacts data security. What what does a blockchain do? What what does it? And so yeah. it's those kind of things is now we're willing to engage in the question. Whereas before, <laughs> I, I you know it 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 was it was worse than talking to a brick wall. It was a, it was a brick wall who's accusing you of yeah, uh, criminal yeah, activity. Yeah, now exactly. it's now at least now at least you're having a dialogue with people. And that, I think that's really kind of what's changed. No, I love it. I love it. Well, those are all great points, and I do see those changes happening as well. Uh, you know, in different realms of of government offices but uh what what do you think the future of the industry looks like to you i mean considering that politicians and bureaucrats uh in the federal government you know they're they're either divi highly divided hostile uh or there's just a level of uncertainty i mean what where do you think this is all going yeah and i would say i would i will uh i will caveat your statement to say that that's very much the, the federal government narrative right and, and we'll get into kind of some other stuff about it but in my opinion with what we've got going on with the election what we've got going on with uh, fiscal questions what we got going along geopolitically it really feels like 2024 is a make or break year for crypto in the united states and, and i'm very i don't want to be very emphatic when i say in the united states mm -hmm. crypto is not going anywhere i think if if they could have if someone could have killed it they wouldn't have waited now till now to start oh, for sure. So it's, it's going to survive. The question is, where's is it, where's its home going to be? Right. And in that sense, that's why I do think that 2024 is very important because we are seeing institutional interest, whether it be companies wanting to utilize blockchain technology for whatever data availability purpose or coordination purpose, whether it's banking and financial services, looking at this as a new investment vehicle. We were hearing talk about ETFs come up. Yep. Whether it's your, your average consumer or your average investor saying, I'm looking at this as a, hedge against inflation or hedge against unmitigated government spending or you name whatever investment opportunity they right. have is that you see that dialogue again counterbalancing what's happening in washington with what's happening around the rest of the nation states you mentioned texas oklahoma wyoming florida ohio just to name a yeah. few is that they're willing to engage less adversarially with right. the with the industry and and i think it's obviously it's a function Let's, let's be frank, it's a function of the elections coming up in November, right. that that's just the naturally kind of the party lines start to draw up and we right. start picking sides. And so I think uh, we, we do have an, we have an important event horizon, November, February, is what, we, what decisions we arrive at in the next calendar year are going to 
maybe not dictate the future, but they're definitely signal the direction we're going to take with all of this. Right. And so I think it's, it's incumbent that we, like I said, engage with industry, have the dialogues and have the conversations because this is, this is the, the make or break, in my opinion, the make right. or break year for the direction of crypto and Bitcoin in the United States. Yeah, going I, I, I agree. And in fact, you know, it's, you know, it, this could be the year that uh, institutions and governments basically, you know, put their foot in, in a certain position and in 2024, you know, could have a lot of good things or it could also have some bad things unfold. Uh, but as somebody who is working within government, somebody who has experience talking to people about blockchain technology and cryptocurrency, what do people in this space particularly miss when they're trying to, to discuss the benefits or the overall ideas? I mean, is this, is the, is the hostility and the, the misunderstanding on some aspect of this just miscommunication or do people just straight up don't like it? So I would, I would say that it's a, it's a question of scale. I think people in the industry, because they have, again, I've, it took me 14 years to be at a place where I could understand it, is they don't, the industry has a hard time understanding that from their perspective, just really how big of a change this is. Yeah. And, and, and what I mean is what's involved with it. And so it's, it's the best analogy I can come up with. It's kind of like trying to explain the Manhattan Project to someone who doesn't have electricity yet. Yeah, that's a good point. And so you have, you have, you have again, it's, it touches on economics, it touches on law, it touches on monetary and fiscal policy. And so, we, the industry has an issue recognizing that their perspective is very, very steeped in experience. The world of crypto moves so much faster than everything else. Yeah. A year in crypto is 10 years elsewhere. Yeah. And so recognizing that if you're relaying even just the last year of developments, you're talking about a decade's worth of information coming down the pipe to somebody. So it's really how do you step back? And, and in, my, in my opinion, or the way that I've, I've had success is reasoning reasoning by analogies you need to use their analogies not your analogies so think about the way that you're talking to people think about the language that you're using i mean the the great thing about rosetta stone right was is that we took the same information in one language and, and put it next to the same information in a different language and make that translation so can you make the translation the way that they're going to understand it that's an important part yeah no absolutely and uh it's it's the communication and the education, it really comes down and it's going to be a very important part of this all and knowing what to say, when to say it, how to say it. That's the things I love covering on this show and being able to talk about this stuff because I think uh, we might be able to hash out some wonderful answers. But I, I, I want to let you know that we're going to go to break here. I want If you're listening to the show on the radio, call up a friend, tell them to tune in because, hey, they may learn something and maybe they're even uh, passionate about this. Maybe you know somebody who's like, you know what? I know a crypto bro who'd really like to hear this. Or maybe I know my, my dad or my grandfather who've been asking questions. Maybe they should tune in. Well, call them. Uh, anyways, we'll be right back. Uh, we've got more great content and uh, I promise you, you won't be disappointed. Do you have Medicare and do you use a CPAP machine? This is a national healthcare alert regarding your CPAP supplies. Using a clean CPAP mask and clean supplies is important to staying healthy. The best way to make sure your CPAP equipment is clean is to get new supplies. If you have Medicare, we have great news. Medicare will pay for you to have new clean supplies every 90 days. We'll even do all the paperwork for you to make sure that there's little to no out-of-pocket cost to 
you. And you don't even have to leave your home. We provide free in-home delivery. So if you're a CPAP user and you have Medicare, staying healthy with new CPAP equipment is easy. Just make this free phone call right now to get started. Sponsored by Specialty Medical. 800-262-0318. What does it mean to be physically, spiritually, and financially free? The right to life, liberty, property, and the pursuit of happiness, these were the ideas that made America. But what happens to these ideas when America's money becomes compromised? What do you do when the very thing that you're working for day after day is fundamentally designed to enslave you? Whether it was a conspiracy or not, you won't believe what is about to happen in this country. Arm yourself today with the truth and build your life on the foundations for liberty. Rediscover freedom in the 21st century and grab a copy of my Amazon best-selling book, Foundations for Liberty. For just $11.99, you can support this radio show by finding a copy on Amazon or by going to mattjmore.com. Again, that's mattjmore.com. Don't wait, because freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. In times of economic uncertainty and chaos, your money means nothing. You may not even be able to get it from your bank or ATM. And the money you do have in the stock market will go down and down. What you can bank on is gold and silver. Gold and silver have been a reliable and trusted form of currency for thousands of years. Gold and silver have never been worth zero, and typically gold holds its value during economic turmoil. Call the gold hotline now and learn how to protect your money and your assets with gold and silver. And learn how to set up a new IRA or roll over your current one into a gold-backed IRA. Protect your money from the next market crash with gold and silver. Call now for your free gold guide. 800-795-3441. Welcome back, America. We have a fully loaded show for you today. In fact, uh, if you are new to this show and this is your first time listening to it, well, Maybe you have heard that word Bitcoin, cryptocurrency, blockchain technology. Well, we want to welcome you regardless. Uh, If you're a newbie to this space, if you're advanced, if you're just passionate about it in general, we've got a little bit of everything for somebody. And in fact, I want to let you know that if you become a regular listener to this show, you're going to learn about things like economics and energy and personal liberty and sovereignty and just where this general idea of uh, cryptocurrency and blockchain technology is going. How is it going to be implemented and used within our daily life? Uh, We we cover all this and, and so much more. And on today's show, we have actually been covering a topic that uh, is, you know, fascinating. It's not every day you get to sit down with somebody who's working within a government office and kind of sharing their experience of what it's like to communicate these ideas, especially over the last, you know, couple of years. There's just been just kind of like this non-interest in in some respects. And then now it's just kind of slowly turning a page and people are asking more questions. But today we have uh, Rick Jackson and he is actually a Oklahoma deputy attorney general. And uh, he's been bringing a lot of great information to the table today. But we're also going to be talking about what is going on 
in our wonderful state of Oklahoma because, you know, that's where we're based out of. It's where I'm from. And uh, we also have a little bit of a surprise. This uh, show is going to eventually take a uh, new direction in some regards, and uh, it'll be a new chapter for the show. So if you've been listening from the very beginning, even when we were broadcasting out of Tulsa, Oklahoma from KRMG, We've come a long ways, but uh, let's uh, let's uh, let's get this show on the road and uh, in studio. Like I said, we have uh, Rick Jackson. He is the Deputy Attorney General, uh, and uh, to be specific, Rick, tell the people what area you focus on and cover within the the Attorney General's office. Sure. So I'm the Deputy Attorney General for Cybersecurity, Technology, and Digital Assets. Yep. So basically, think of something if it's a new, novel, or emerging technology. That's that's where I sit is the cutting edge of things. And is that a normal position for like a AG's office or is that just something like that's just so cool that they decided, you know what, we need this? Yeah, well, and so I I think, trying to stay humble with it, I think it's, I think this is the first deputy attorney general who does all that wow. stuff. Not, not to say that there aren't others in different states or different right. governments that do function similar, but I do think it's the first time that a deputy attorney general has been focused on all those things. And I agree. It was very, it's uh, it's very important or very novel. And that's why I wrote the job description that way is <laughs> I, I, I made the job up and I basically said, look, this is, I think this is important enough. Let me tell you why. Right. Uh, and, and fortunately they, they, uh, they listen to me and give me the opportunity to, to try to accomplish some things here. Well, it needs to happen, and I'm glad it did. And uh, in fact, there are you know many industries that are going to benefit from the adoption of blockchain technology, the use of things like Bitcoin, Bitcoin mining. Um, it's pretty expansive in in the different areas of life that this stuff is going to touch. And I and I talk about that on almost every show. And I wanted to hear your opinion. What do you think? You know, what other industries should be coming to the table for this conversation? Sure. So we, we I think I think front of mind right now, we hear a lot in the ETF uh, about ETFs and that the banking and financial services industries are very interested. We know that energy, as you as you've mentioned with mining, that that the energy industry is very interested. And so I'll, I'll call that the physical infrastructure industry. I, th- I think we're at the place now where there needs to be a concerted effort around educate the education industry. And so I'm speaking just in the same way that I could get a cybersecurity certification to, to demonstrate that I know what I'm talking about in cybersecurity is that now is the time, quite frankly, where professional education needs to start turning its focus towards Bitcoin, towards blockchain, towards all the technologies that are related, because we're, again, we're, we're on the cusp of the mainstream, quite frankly, mainstream trying to find ways to integrate this, this idea and these technologies into their lives. And they're going to be turning to the professionals in their lives, their lawyers, their accountants, et cetera, saying, I want to do this. Tell me what I need to know how this works. And the last thing that you want to do as a lawyer is to, to, to not have the answer as, as an account, right? You, you want to be able to tell as a, yeah. as an investment advisor, look, this is what this means. This is the opportunities. Here's the risks. And if you don't have that information, then your clients are going to find another, another advisor or another lawyer. And so I think, I think that's really kind of where we are now is that the, the, the professional, uh, the, the, Professional classes. The crypto the crypto adjacent professional class. So people who aren't strictly in the industry, but their industry comes tan- is now becoming right. tangent to crypto and blockchain, they really need to know. Right. That's, That's always the- been the frustrating thing for me is like, especially with uh, working with accountants and it's like, you know, like, well, you know, we think this is the best way to do it. I'm like, okay, but I mean, you don't really know what you're doing, do you? And they're like, I mean, we're doing the best we can. You know what I mean? It's here's, like- here's how I knew, here's how I knew we were, uh, there was an opportunity set was um, through other other uh, 
personal adventures, talking with lawyers, and you know, you know you're in a good place or maybe even a bad place when the lawyers that you're paying a lot of money to per hour are asking you the questions on the calls <laughs> yeah. when you call them for answers and, and you're having to test like, wait, who, sh who should be paying who for right. this? And so I think from that experience, from knowing where I sit on my side is that, again, whether it's engaging with legislature, whether it's engaging with professionals, is that we're going to have to start getting smart about this in a way yeah. that the industry has recognized that information is power now from the mainstream side. And again, this, as you call them, the, the professional class, they're, they are going to be the vanguards of mainstream integration because they're going to be the first ones who have to really engage down into right. the waste of the mud of the questions. Well, what does it mean for, and, we, and we're seeing some of that. I think um, accountants are leading on it because people own it and you have to pay taxes on it. So right. well, how do I account for this? And so we, we're seeing, we're seeing echoes of that other places. And so I just think that that's, that's a first step that now all of the different lines of professions are going to have to start understanding kind of how this integrates into the business lines that they're doing for their clients already. Yeah, 100%. Well, what does, in your opinion, you know, we're, we're in Oklahoma, I'm, I'm a born Okie, you're working in the Oklahoma government, um, I'm in the political process, myself in the parties, how, how do you see Oklahoma as a state? What do we have to offer? I, I will relay what industry has communicated to me as the top opportunities. One, we have a lot of energy here. That's oil and gas industry. We have a lot of alternative in, energy as well. And so, Bitcoin miners or crypto miners, they are ruthless when it comes to pursuing the lowest cost energy possible. Yeah. And so wherever they can find arbitrage or a delta or an opportunity set, they will go to it. And so they look at Oklahoma and say, well, you've got low cost energy. Sometimes you have stranded energy that yeah. we can we can absorb that. You under, you have a, a state government that's understanding of in the energy industry. We know how we can communicate to them. So that's one. Oklahoma, we have a lot of land. So if you need to build something, Bitcoin yeah. mining has a lot of physical infrastructure requirements. We have a lot of space that you can come to. So that's another one. Uh, the cost of operations, right? Oklahoma is a very business-friendly state. Right. And so we, uh, as to delineate ourselves from other states that, you know, have their own regulatory, um, I'm trying not to smile here, <laughs> all, their own kind of regulatory yeah, perspective yeah. on inviting yeah. the, the crypto industry. We, we are not so much uh, of that line of thinking. And I think now, again, as kind of, again, we're emerging and establishing ourselves is that Oklahoma, from a government perspective, is learning how to be a receptive jurisdiction right. to the industry, willing to have the conversations with industry, willing to engage with meaningful dialogue. We're appointing people who are subject matter informed. I'm not going to call myself an expert. Subject matter informed right. to be on the other side of the conversation to say, here's the opportunity set. So I think that's, I think those, if I'm going to pick maybe a top three or four or five, that's, I think, where Oklahoma's right. got the real opportunity for someone who's looking to start something in the Bitcoin or or blockchain industry here in Oklahoma. Well, you know, and I've told this to other people before. Um, the way that I've kind of seen the the space and the overall blockchain and cryptocurrency industry evolve is that it's so expansive, and not only the things that it touches, but how it's evolving. That it's like you can become a doctor and you can become a lawyer, but you're not going to be an expert in you know, all these different niches of law and medicine, you almost have to find your niche and really hone in on that and be great at it. Because the, I mean, would you agree that that's just kind of how this, the space is evolving? It just seems sometimes it's like drinking from a fire hose and you're like, okay, wait, 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 don't, don't get distracted. Just stay in your lane, focus on this. I mean, yes, you can learn this other stuff, but it's like, man, I just, I feel like I'm falling behind all the time just because things are moving so fast. Yeah. And that's, and that isn't, that is, the, the balance point to, you know, what can we ask or what can we expect from 
our professionals or from the government is that it really is a it is a fire hose of information. And to the to your point, just as we have cardiologists and anesthesiologists who are doctors that spend several years specializing, yeah. we're now to the point where because this is so complicated, complex, maybe not complicated, yeah. so complex is that you're going to have to have people who are very focused on understanding how we operate in the energy sector, how we operate in the finance sector, how we, and so each of those things are now going to, as your point, to your point, we're going to have to start gaining specialties. And I think right now we're still in a period where the generalist can survive sure. and, and win because there is, it's so transformational. You kind of have to know enough about everything right. to, to understand it in its totality. But here pretty soon, people are not going to care. It's like turning on a computer. I could talk to an electrical engineer or a computer scientist, and they can tell me all the things that they need to know. <laughs> but at the end of the day, when I click send on an email, I just need it to go. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's where we're getting to, is that you're, yeah. you're going to have to be able to specialize enough to integrate into the broader right. ecosystem. And, and I look forward to kind of what that looks like as we go forward. Well, speaking of that ecosystem, I mean, here in Oklahoma, we have two organizations that have organically formed um, from the industry in our state. And both you and I are involved to some capacity in both of them. But how how do you think the organizations like the Oklahoma Bitcoin Association and the Oklahoma Blockchain Council, how do they add to the narrative and overall progress here in our state? Sure. the I think the, the most important function that they can have is as a shepherd of the process yeah. to handhold the people who are interested in learning about this from a subject matter expert's perspective. And quite frankly, white glove them through the process of learning what to you and I is 10 years or 15 years of developments in Bitcoin more broadly, but in blockchain in total and realize and recognize that that, that 10 years or 15 years is a hundred years worth of information. So how can, how can we, I don't want to say spoon because that that's that's kind of patronizing. How do we how do we make this subject digestible? Right. How do we address their questions and their concerns? How do we meet them where they are? And so I think the the OBA and the OKBC serve as an opportunity to again shepherd mainstream through all the questions and and issues and growing pains that the industry has been going through for the last decade. Right. Now they they need to find a way to to catch somebody up. So that's that's kind of where I think that they really will add meaningful value to to the dialogue here. Yeah, and that's much much like what uh, Texas Blockchain Council is doing. They're probably one of the more well-known uh, organizations in the country um around that kind of approach or or subject matter. But uh what do you think should be the number one priority for the state of Oklahoma when it comes to this space? I mean, in your opinion, uh, do we need to see one specific thing done before we do anything else? I, I think I will I will take a, a uh, fire alarm perspective and say we just need to get involved. So sure. we need legislators who, legislators who yeah. are willing to have the conversations that are willing to hold hearings or have studies conducted. We need... Uh, executives who are saying, let's, let's engage with this. Let's engage with industry. Let's understand and learn what the opportunity set is for us. Let's, let's go out from, from the industry perspective. Let's talk with other industries. We've talked about how the, the professional class is going to be the first ones to kind of have to confront these questions. Well, the Bitcoin and the blockchain industry needs to make outreach to the healthcare industry, right. to the legal industry, to you name it industry and say, this is what this looks like for you. Let us help you move from A to B on understanding this. So getting involved, having conversations, engaging, whether it's to the left and the right, up and down, uh, and and again, communicating. It's all about communication. It's all about integration. How do we, how do, speaking from the industry perspective, how do we show that we are a part of 
what's yeah. coming next and not as something that's wholly separate. Yeah. And I think the one thing that I've, I, you know, I was down at the governor's office talking to their staff about, you know, the importance of, you know, maybe even doing something like a task force that, uh, you know, I'm having Senator Dom work on a bill that would hopefully, you know, get us to the point to where we could have a state backed task force to, to help create a strategy for the state of Oklahoma, but just get the conversation going in a, in a, in a official governmental mm-hmm. approach. Do you think that's needed? Sure. And, and, and I will, I will take what you've said in the official government approach. And I will say from, from the government side and what the efforts we're trying to work on is that something like a task force lends legitimacy and signals and intent, both sure. inside the state saying, look, we, this is something that the state's engaging with. We right. recognize to you, the citizen of Oklahoma, that we're working on this problem set because you've communicated to us this is important, right. but also to sort of broadcast to other states and to the federal government and, and kind of, I guess, to the to the world at yeah, large if we're I mean, getting big, yeah. to, uh, if we want to dream big, to say that we, we, the state of Oklahoma, are going to be involved in Bitcoin, in blockchain, and we are going to provide our own thought leadership in the absence of some of the thought leadership we thought we might be expecting from elsewhere. Uh, we're, we're just going to step in and, and wade into the uncertainty, and, and we're going to start engaging in the hand fighting that comes with trying to answer these really hard questions. So that's right. that to me is that to me is again, it lends legitimacy and it, and it signals to everyone that that we're here, we're involved, and and we're looking to take this forward. Okay. Well, I I I don't want to throw you a curveball necessarily, but I mean Satoshi Action Fund is. You know, they have some bills going. Um, I think there's going to be some other legislators that are going to run some bills through this upcoming session. Um, are you at least encouraged with some of the language of these bills that are being proposed through this next session? I, I think what I'm most encouraged about is the fact that there are bills. Yes. That there yeah, is language to go over yeah. because it's 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 kind of a chicken and egg first mover problem, right. cold start problem. It's like, well, do I get people involved to talk about it or do I have a subject to talk about? Right. Well, now I'm seeing that we have both. And so this, the, there's a positive feedback from the fact, as you mentioned, that we have bills that have language that right. are now, that's the subject of a discussion that the industry can have, that I can have, that, that anyone can have with either their representatives right. or with industry or whatever and say, okay, well, tell me what this means. This bill states it does that. Why, why do we need that? What's the difference? What hasn't been happening in the past or needs to happen in the future that this addresses? Right. And that's, again, it's, it initiates a conversation. It starts a dialogue. That's what's most encouraging for me. The particulars of the bill I'm not too concerned sure. with. It's the fact that we now have the opportunity to say, you have legislators who are, are talking about this. You have citizens who are asking that to be done. You have representatives from industry who are starting to initiate in this state meaningful operations and actions saying that again legitimize yeah. that Oklahoma is participating that that to me is most encouraging it it doesn't feel like it's a solo fight so much right <laughs> no it's it, it's true it's a, and and it's fun to see the the industry come together and build these or- organizations because in, at the end of the day you know people don't like to know how the sausage is made but to some capacity there is a level of lobbying that needs to happen on you know from the crypto blockchain bitcoin industry in space uh to get stuff done i mean and it's it's education yes but you know we've got to get money behind initiatives that we really want to see and i i don't i think the the space in general is so new that they're all just you know over the last couple of years figuring out okay we need to do this what's the best way to do it I mean, mm-hmm. is that kind of what you've witnessed? I so I think I think it's I think it's a two part question. You've 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 addressed the the the, the how, and then and then there's also I think the question of the what, which is really okay. We have we have a given opportunity set. Let's talk about priorities. Right. So okay, we want to talk about 
item or bill one through four. Which one is most important? Can we integrate them into each other? Which ones do we need to expand? Where where are the true pain points? And now I'm going to speak kind of from both perspective. Where are the pain points for the state of Oklahoma or for a legislator that maybe the industry can help address? Yeah. So uh, again, the the nexus with oil and gas industry can can as a as a an, a signal of of a gesture of of good faith. Can the can the blockchain industry or the digital asset industry say, hey, Oklahoma, we we can solve some of your problems? through what we do at the industry. Let, let us show you how. So that's, I think there's, I think it's a two-part question. The, the, the how question, which you're addressing, what's, you know, who do we engage with? What, what do we try to work on? And then the, the what, which is really the priorities. And, right. and I think that's an opportunity for, if, if the industry is willing to, to, to prioritize the, the opportunity set that it's for others. So let's, let's not focus too much on Bitcoin ourselves, but like, what can we, what can Bitcoin do for Oklahoma? I think that's really where you see inroads. And then, and that's right. sort of a demonstration again of, of good faith and goodwill say, Hey, we're, we're solving problems. We're driving value to you. Let us, now will you have a conversation about all of these other things? Right. And that's, I think where it really kind of starts out. Yeah, no, it's, it's so true. Well, we, we got it. We've got to go to break here in a couple of uh, seconds, but uh, before we do just real quickly, and since this is radio, uh, go ahead and tell people how they can follow you. Yeah. So I'm, I'm on Twitter, like kind of most anybody else, my handle at Rick Jackson. Okay. You can look me up on LinkedIn and I think and we'll, we'll get to kind of more opportunities yes, into the future. We, we have we have another uh, important piece of information that we're going to break in this last segment. So I want you to stick around because uh, the conversation is not over and the future of this show is looking very promising. So we will be right back with more from Cryptocurrency with Matthew J. Moore. And guess what? Rick Jackson, he's got something up his sleeve. He's going to share it with us here in just a couple of seconds. We'll be right back. If you're the kind of person that likes to drive a lot and your car is a little older and out of the normal warranty, keep listening. What's going on underneath the hood of your car? If your car is out of warranty, you're at risk of expensive repair bills. Now for a couple of dollars a day, you can get an extended protection plan for your car. You love your car, so why not give it a little extra care and make sure if something goes wrong, your bank account is safe. Literally, for a couple of dollars a day, you can give yourself peace of mind that you've purchased a top-tier vehicle repair coverage plan. Call the Auto Protection Network right now and ask how you could save an additional $500 on your policy. 800-987-0618 800-987-0618 That's 800-987-0618 Come on. You watch the news, be prepared to pay more taxes. Then if you owe back taxes or haven't filed in a few years, get ready. The IRS, the largest collection agency in the world, will be coming after you. With the power to collect taxes by any means they want to. Hey, they can freeze your bank account, your passport, even padlock your business. <laughs> Good times. Look, if the IRS claims you owe them 5000 or more in back taxes and they're coming after you, don't panic. Call my friends at Get a Tax Lawyer first. Their job is to negotiate with the IRS and save you money. They're experts at it. That's all they do. And you can trust them. In some cases, they have reduced a $50,000 tax bill to less than $1,000. If you owe the IRS $5,000 or more in back taxes, call now for a free consultation. Call 800-732-9635. 800-732-9635. What does it mean to be physically, spiritually, and financially free? 
the right to life, liberty, property, and the pursuit of happiness, these were the ideas that made America. But what happens to these ideas when America's money becomes compromised? What do you do when the very thing that you're working for day after day is fundamentally designed to enslave you? Whether it was a conspiracy or not, you won't believe what is about to happen in this country. Arm yourself today with the truth and build your life on the foundations for liberty. Rediscover freedom in the 21st century and grab a copy of my Amazon best-selling book, Foundations for Liberty. For just $11.99, you can support this radio show by finding a copy on Amazon or by going to mattjmore.com. Again, that's mattjmore.com. Don't wait, because freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. And we are back, ladies and gentlemen. It is round three, that's right, of Cryptocurrency with Matthew J. Moore, one of America's only radio show dedicated to that topic known as Bitcoin, blockchain technology, cryptocurrency. We cover it all because why? Well, it's going to touch every single part of our lives. And in fact, it's going to change so much of these different industries. And I know you might be thinking, well, I don't know anything about Bitcoin or blockchain technology or cryptocurrency. Like, why should I care? Maybe you just got in the car and you just tuned in and you just had this dialed on your radio. Well, lucky for you, you are going to learn something new. We have we have something for everybody. Whether you're a newbie, an expert, you know, we or even just passionate about it, we want to cover topics that are going to be relevant. They're going to give you understanding of what's coming our way as a society because it is transformative technology and it's not just going to transform the future. It already is here transforming stuff. So and and today We've had the privilege to talk with uh, a special guest who has brought a lot of knowledge when it comes to government and the overall idea of communicating a particular way and message to get government officials on the same page. He is a deputy attorney general for the state of Oklahoma. His name is Rick Jackson, and he is sitting here right now in studio with me. Rick, welcome back to the show. And uh, man, thank you so much for just not only giving us your background story, but just giving us your perspective on this speeding train that is heading towards us and how we as the citizens of, let's say, the state of Oklahoma or wherever state that they're at um, or whatever country you're in, we have to be active. We have to be doing something in order for people to kind of start to embrace this in a positive way. Would you agree? I would totally agree. Very, very thankful to have the opportunity to communicate to uh, to the listeners about, again, this opportunity set. And as you say, the train, right? The train's coming. You yes. can either be... You can be on it, you can be off it, or you can be under it. Um, <laughs> and I'd prefer that we all be on it because yeah. uh, I, I know I, I don't want a, anybody under it. Yeah, no, no. And I, I think the uh, I, I think we know where this is headed, and it's and it's a good it's a good place to go. Well, Rick, I, th I think this is a perfect transition and 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 moment to share with the audience, uh, whether you're listening on the radio or whether you're listening on the podcast version or online, and you're live streaming this. Uh, I've been doing this show for many years and I love doing it, um, but it's it's been a labor of love and I tell you what, uh, sometimes that journey gets lonely. But uh, I, will, I will tell you that to have the opportunity to sit down here and have a conversation with you, it's great. But to have the privilege to potentially work with you, I think is even more exciting. And so I want you to, I don't know, share with people, um, A, why you're wanting to get involved, but B, um, what, what's getting you excited the most about, you know, this opportunity? Because if you haven't put the dots together, ladies and gentlemen, 
I'm bringing on another host and we're going to go on this journey together. Me and Rick, we're going to make this happen. We're going to try to see if we can change some people's minds. We can hopefully influence the way things are being done because I think you had a, uh, you had a, uh, a catchy phrase there about stories or something. What was it that you, Oh, the, uh, talking about it off the air. Yeah. Plato said that those who tell the stories rule the world. That's I'm, right. I'm not, I'm not looking to take over the world, <laughs> but I think it speaks to the importance of like we've talked about here, the importance of dialogue and conversation and, and contributing to the narrative. And so if, right. if you don't speak, others will speak for you. And we've learned how detrimental that can be sometimes. So I, I, I'm excited to join on. We've, we've talked about it, that, that having the conversations, that engaging in willingness to educate, to make aware that that's perhaps one of the most important things that we can do. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, you know, eating, eating my own dog food here that if I think that 2024 is one of the most important years in crypto in the United States, then have to do something, you have to do something to help contribute to progress or else somebody else will, will, will do that for you. And, and we've seen, we've heard, whether it's from the federal government or the, the lack of action or opportunity that, that there are people who are antagonistic to something that is, that is very transformational for the, to the positive. I, I, I think I share, we share the same perspective on, on what Bitcoin and blockchain can do right. for the, for the, the lives of Americans and, and, and people around the globe. And, and I want to see that industry remain here in the United States. It's like the internet of the 1940s and 1950s. It's so transformational of a technology where I don't know that we're quite ready to tell anybody who it is, tell anybody what it is or what it's going to be, right. other than to say that I know that it's going to be very important transformational. I don't want people who say, why do we need the internet? We already have the post office <laughs> or the internet will only be used by criminals and illicit actors to right. do bad things when we all know that the transformational uh, capability of, of novel technologies. I want to make sure that we're doing everything we can to foster that here in the United States. And, and if we're being biased here in Oklahoma as well. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm definitely, like I said, I'm excited to move this, the, the show forward with you and achieve new heights and to hopefully improve our messaging. Cause you, you definitely bring a different dynamic than me. I think we have different uh, skill sets and, and with your experience uh, in government um I, I can tell you right now, and this is a good thing, you have a different way of thinking than me. And I think that is a beautiful thing. I think we can be yin and yang to each other in many ways. Um, so I, I'm excited about this. Uh, but what, what are, what's got you, I don't know, when it comes to radio and podcasts, like what's the importance here? Like we're, we're obviously a radio show and we're, we're, we're also a podcast. Is there a benefit in doing both? I, and I do. I, and so again, talked about it earlier, if you're gonna if you're gonna communicate and reason by analogy, use the other person's analogy. Teach them what they know. Rosetta Stone, right? If you're gonna translate to, from Greek to Latin, make sure that you're using Latin for someone who speaks it. Well, if I've got people who are wanting to learn about Bitcoin and, and the digital asset industries or what it can do for their lives, and they listen to the radio, I want to meet them where they are. Let's let's right. talk with them on the radio. If they like to listen to podcasts, let's let's talk on a podcast. If they want to do it on YouTube, if they want to do it through a newsletter, if they want all of these avenues and opportunities for engaging in a dialogue or communicating, I'm willing to I'm willing to meet the other person where they are to be able to have that conversation because I know that it is so important that they get that information, that they are able to learn about Bitcoin, about what this space can mean for them, for their lives, and for, for what it, it does for our, our, our country and the, and the future, quite frankly, of the world, if right. we're being honest. Right. Well, I, I do want people to know, we've got probably two minutes before we got to close the show, but um, tell people one more time, you know, 
where they can follow your work and where they can check you out. Sure. So obviously now that we're we're announcing that this is happening yeah. is that we'll we'll be engaging through the show and, and yep. we'll have more about that into the future how how you can in, how you can interact with us on the radio show and in the podcast. Uh, personally, specifically, I'm, I'm on Twitter at Rick Jackson. Okay, that's where I put a lot of my information, not just about digital assets, but all of the things that I work on and that I follow. Novel tech, novel and emerging technologies, cybersecurity, and digital assets. Uh, again, it's it's about a identifying a vision for the future and communicating opportunities to show like, look, it's really coming true. Let me show you why and how. And so it's, it's an opportunity that I have to sort of broadcast the, the vision that I have and it coming true. And so that's, that's probably my main form of engagement up until we start again, kind of maturing sure. what the radio show looks like. Yeah, and, yeah, we, yeah. and we look very much forward to what that's, well, you know, what we build out here. Yeah, no, I, I definitely look forward to creating quality content and uh, most certainly will be out in different ways than what I'm, I've done in the past too, just because now we're going to be working as a team. So that's good. Uh, I, I do, you know, before we close it out one more time, um, you know, we have this, the Litecoin summit that I think we're both going to be at. We're mm -hmm. going to be at the, uh, the Bitcoin conference in Nashville. Uh, I, I just want to tell you personally that it's been fun to do some of these things together, especially when we're down at the Capitol working on, uh, or helping with, with some of the legislative efforts and the people down there. But, uh, yeah, man, I think the, the future is bright for Oklahoma. I think the future is bright for our content creation. Uh, do you have any last thoughts that maybe we didn't get to cover that uh, ours is on top of your head? Because uh, I know sometimes uh, we tend to, to to go down you know different rabbit holes, but I try to I try to make sure we stay on point. Yeah, I'll, and so I'll I'll talk I'll speak to very briefly kind of why I'm excited to the future. And I'll start with let's start with the pr the problems that we've got we recognize. The United States is going through a lot of a lot of issues right now, right? We're having a demographic shift. We have an aging population. We have economic fragility. We have issues with fiscal problems, right? Government spending, government debt. There's global geopolitical strife. Russia, China, what's happening in the Middle East. We have all these things. But what I see in novel emerging technologies, specifically and maybe with a, exceptionally so in Bitcoin, is that we have an opportunity to make the future of what we want to make it. And so to address the epidemics and of hopelessness, a crisis of purpose that I think in, in what we're talking about, that we can show Oklahomans, Americans, the world, a vision of the future and a path to bring about that vision for a better future and make it a reality. And that's what is so exciting about this radio show, about the opportunity set and about the future. And that's why I get out of bed in the morning. I love it. Well, guys, this has been today's show. I want to thank you for tuning in and listening to Cryptocurrency with Matthew J. Moore. We'll see you next time, same time, same place. And if you want to check us out, go to mattjmore.com currently, and you'll find all you need to know. We'll see you guys next time.